Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Jedi Sorter. I'm your host, Jay Larson, and joining me as always is my co-host, Patrick Whiting. Hello, Patrick. Howdy, Jay. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> I, it's been a long weekend, and um, and I'm ready for a second try next weekend. That's fair enough. All right. Not so, bad, just long. What's up? This is not bad, just long. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I um so i had a i had a a small announcement to give here at the start of the episode patrick mm-hmm. so the you know ages ago the discount games inc website it had tournament list for war machine events and then i updated the website so that it could be tournament list for any game system and mm-hmm. the announcement is that i'm wanting to add a shatterpoint tournament list to the tournament resource and so if anyone has an event that they go to or an event that they want to have um publicized or the the results shared on the tournament list then shoot me an email at jay at discountgamesinc.com and ideally i i would like to see the event have at least 16 people in it um and then you can send me the information for the event and the, the list for the top three players and I will get those uh, listed onto the website. Well, that's neat. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get that going for Shatterpoint. I think that's going to be fun. Oh, I think that will be really fun. I will uh, remind folks in the area. Um, we've got a, we, I, I have another topic that just jumped to my mind that, for us to discuss, Patrick. All right. Firing from the hip, okay. Yeah. So this was a post by Atomic Mass Games. They said, do not include substantial amounts of copied, including digitally copied, game materials in your fan creation. The more of our materials that is included in something, the more it is really a duplication rather than a fan creation. Here are a couple of key examples of what would fall under substantial amount and not be acceptable. Online versions of our games. This includes, but it's not limited to, creating online versions via websites such as Tabletop Simulator on the Steam platform, Fossil, Lackey LCG, and Fantasy Grounds. Digitalized versions of card games or card game expansions. Any time a pack or deck is available for download as a file, or even if one can simply save each image easily on their desktop. 3D print files of miniatures or other components. This includes sharing via websites such as Shapeways. So had had you seen this announcement before I, I read it just now? I had not. When did that go when did that go out? Uh, I, I don't know. A friend sent it to me on Thursday. So probably this past week? I would assume so. Uh, it was a busy busy week for work. It's probably why. Let's see. Is this in a? Was this a transmission? Um, it was sent to me via just... a screenshot. <laughs> Let me see if uh, if I can see anything else. Uh, so, this, so that's a lot. A lot of information process real fast. You want to <laughs> a little bit of time to to think about it. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, so you boil it down for me here. Sure. I mean, I'm curious. If there's going to be, I'm assuming that something like we've been using Point Break, at least I have, Uh to look at cards of various models as we talk on the uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I kind of get the impression from this when it says that uh, that you cannot have. Um, I mean, this says digitalized versions of card games or card game expansions. And so where this is a minis game and not a card game, maybe something like Point Break will be allowed. Um, but obviously, I, I'm assuming it's referring to stuff that lets you play like the Arkham Horror LCG for free, essentially, in, in that rule. But it would more so be talking about... Um, you know, Shatterpoint on Tabletop Simulator would be viewed by Atomic Mass Games and Asmodee and I'm assuming Disney, I don't know. Um, I, and, and I guess that's an interesting little side topic, but we don't really know if this is, you know, a directive from Disney or if this is something from Asmodee or something that's an Atomic Mass initiative. It kind uh, like, of seems like it has an Asmodee fingerprint to it. I mean, if I was... A guessing man that would be my guess as well um and i guess i'm uh, so tabletop simulator uh they would i'm assuming if uh, people continue to update it they'll receive cease and desist letters um and then obviously uh, 3d printing of their models would they would view as copyright infringement as well um is this is this the uh, i think i found where what this is is it the intellectual property policy that they have probably where where, Sound, where is sounds, it that sounds about right yeah so for for anybody listening and wants to go and look at it if they haven't already seen it if you go to their new website scroll all the way down to the bottom right next to about us you'll find the ip policy and you can look at it at your discretion interesting it's got a lot of moving parts to it oh yeah um a lot of moving parts, lots of uh, wow, lots uh, lots of stuff. Um, it it's got a lot of stuff. I'm not quite sure how how I feel about all of this. On the one end, it makes sense. And it does, on the other one hand, of the one of the ones that it um, at the bottom says, there says no apps allowed. So <laughs> yeah. I I am now under the assumption <laughs> that uh, Point Break is not long for this world. um i wonder too because if that's the case then cerebro probably for marvel probably isn't long for this world either and it's kind of a bummer if if you collapse those those enterprises without being able to provide one because they are very helpful and quite an enjoyable um tool to use when uh when you're trying to do some some thinking kind of out loud and uh yeah, I wonder. I wonder how it will change things moving forward with this. So, wow, that's a lot to think about, actually. Huh? That's quite the. Uh, that's that's quite the shot fired. Um, as far so as this is. Go. I'm. I am. <laughs> I guess I'm. I'm on probably one end of the spectrum on this topic that mm-hmm. some of our listeners maybe might not be. On, on the one hand, I've never enjoyed Tabletop Simulator. I think that it's... I, I would rather not play the game than play it on Tabletop Simulator. Oh, yeah. I, you and I are in, the, in a similar a similar town. I, I'm not a big fan of Tabletop Simulator either. Um, it's not an interface that I, I enjoy interacting with, but... I know that there are 
some people who love it. And so this will be um, a lot bigger loss to them than it is to me. Um, it, and it does facilitate some, some really interesting um, kind of community growth that I think is, is cool. But yeah. and on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, also no. Yeah. No. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of the most annoying or egregious community aspects grow out of tabletop simulator. Um, whether it's you know, tabletop simulator leagues or events can generate data that creates metas that um, in general, I would rather just have local communities create their own meta rather than having a tabletop simulator meta that is influencing everything yeah yeah i agree with that as well it it served a purpose during the pandemic and even the, even then i didn't play on it i really don't don't like it um so i opted not to play, play it uh rather than play on the simulator but i don't know i i i generally agree with you jay i i would rather see smaller local metas grow and develop and flourish and then the fun of seeing those interact with each other at different right. larger events. Yeah. Kind of, kind of how it was, dare I say back in the day, mm-hmm. back when I was a, <laughs> a kid trudging uphill both ways to school in the snow. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that, you know, I, I, I do think that it's important that Atomic Max games has an intellectual property policy. I think that there are every every community, I guess, kind of has their own guidelines or what they think is acceptable. Um, I have I've I guess always kind of been from the stance of if you're having a friendly game night with a friend and you're wanting to proxy something or try something out or whatever, that that's totally fine. Um, But that if it's like an event or anything like that, that it needs to be actual product purchased from atomic mass games. And, you know, I am obviously not a unbiased participant in uh, this whole chain because I operate a business that makes income from selling this property. Um, But also, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this game and I want to see it continue to be successful. And I want to, see people buy stuff so that more stuff gets created and so that the game sticks around for a long time so and and also i i have cats who uh have a certain standard of living that they have come to expect and so i would like to be able to provide that to them (laughs) i i do think that it becomes miniature games in particular become interesting as uh technology advances or improves but you know i i don't think we know where things are going yet with that so yeah anyways do you have any any final thoughts on this little grenade i i lobbed in your lap (laughs) (laughs) um at the moment no i'm sure i'm sure more will bubble to the surface over time it'll be interesting i don't know how how i miss this and and i don't know if other people have have seen it yet for there to be more chatter or maybe i'm just not tuned into the chatter but uh i suspect i suspect this will be a point of conversation for the next 
several months. Wow. So maybe I'll have more thoughts then. Okay. So rules corner. This one's a pretty easy one, but still it turns out that I'm, I'm getting a lot of easy rules wrong. So uh, plenty of opportunity for me to go over various easy rules that I still regularly get wrong. <laughs> so this is related to hunker tokens and cover. So under the criteria to gain cover from a terrain feature, it lists four criteria. And the second one says that the defending character must be within range one of one or more terrain parts at the same or higher elevation than the attacking character. So uh, one of the things that I have, have played wrong is if, for example, with the terrain that comes in the terrain pack, let's say that I have Darth Maul with the hunker token and he is behind one of the satellites on the the ground level of the playing field. Mm-hmm. And there is a character who is up on a gantry on an elevation higher than Darth Maul. When they shoot at Darth Maul, uh, the Darth Maul's terrain piece is not on the same or higher elevation. And so it would not provide cover. Is this uh, just so I have a picture of what you're what you're seeing in your mind's eye mm-hmm. is this is this like a model kind of out in the distance a little bit hunkering down behind some sort of something or other and sure or i mean there's another common one is like the um the crates or the sure um the control panel um it had and i i, I it makes sense to me why they have the rule this way but i could also see it making sense why it why this rule just wouldn't exist <laughs> so i there are some things i kind of wish that they that they did with cover uh, and elevation um but attack on to to that because it's a little bit less intuitive there is a scenario where a model that's lower that has a hunker token and is within one, range one of cover would still get cover from a target that's shooting from elevation. And that's if the model that's on the lower elevation with the hunker token is in range one of the ele- the elevated terrain that the attacker is standing on themselves. So there's a small sort of nuance there where the elevation doesn't always negate the cover from terrain, mm. which is interesting and not necessarily the most intuitive but the wording is uh so what's what's an example of of how that would work so let's say that um model a is on top of a terrain piece at elevation one and that model is shooting at model b on the ground level Uh, if model b is in is at range one of that same terrain piece then model B will be granted cover from the train. And the reasoning for this uh, is that the train piece in question is at the same or higher elevation as the attacking model. And the, the important part of this is that a lot, all of this is, is from the re- point of reference of the attacking model. So it is based on the train piece um, and the attacker's orientation to it. The, if, if model B were further away or, or something else, then, no no cover from terrain for you but 
if you and 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 I guess thematically it kind of makes sense because you're the angles aren't great. You're hunkered up against the the thing against the wall. They can't clearly shoot down at you. That, that's how I rationalize it anyway. Um, but since the elevation is at the same or the terrain is at the same elevation as the attacker, um, then uh, then then you're good. It's a uh, I'm not sure if it's a bug or a feature uh, as a, as a player, but it is a nuance for sure. All right. Well, let's move into the main topic of this episode. I'm guessing there's a good chance that we're going to talk about this character and then we've spent enough stuff on pre-ramble stuff that uh, (laughs) he'll probably be our topic in the um, bonus episode as well. But that's okay. It's a good reason for everyone to subscribe to the, the Patreon so you can hear the full discussion. But we're going to talk about... Uh, Jedi Master Mace Windu. So Mace Windu has six squad points. He has four force points. He is a primary unit. His first ability is Rush to Action. At the start of this unit's activation, choose another allied Galactic Republic unit. Each character in this unit and each other character in the Chosen unit may dash. So... Two key things to note about this ability are that A, it does not cost any force points. Important. Very important. And B, it will affect every character in the unit. So if you pick a unit that has multiple characters in it, then every character will get to do that dash. Yep. So what are what are your thoughts on this ability? It's really good. I think it's it's very very good. <laughs> um, I think a couple of other characters may be rather envious of this. I think it is phenomenal. But it is Mace Windu. He only has six squad points, so I feel I feel it's worth the trade off. What do you think of how how do you think this compares? I mean, obviously a dash is not as good as a jump or uh, an advance. Yeah. Or an advance. Um, but free is better than costing one and affecting other models is great too. So yeah. what do you think of, of this ability versus uh, like a generic force jump or a force sprint? Um, generally like if it were a tactic, he just gets to, gets to make a dash or a tactic he just gets to make one character dash and himself. It's I, I mean, it's it's the same thing that that Dooku has only is better than what Dooku has mm-hmm. by like a strong margin by like magnitudes. Um, because uh, to be clear, uh, Dooku's has a range requirement and it will only affect one character. Correct. Yeah. So I don't know if like. He's just got like a frog in his throat. I don't know why Dooku's is is so so much less. Um, well, it is what it is. But um, I'm just thinking thematically. I I just I think it's a really great it's a really great tactic, and I I really don't have that many complaints. It, there are things that may be slightly better, but there's so much that gets to move as a result of this that I I feel makes up for for the difference. What do so one of the common complaints about a character like 
General Anakin Skywalker is that he's not super maneuverable. You feel sure. like yep. similar complaints can be levied against Jedi Master Mace Windu? Um, excuse me. I think yes, to a degree. Uh, and if anything, do... if you're just if you're just going off of the character itself, um, Anakin has a force jump that only affects himself. But if you're looking at the maneuverability of the model, uh, again, his force jump is better than Mace Windu's dash. Yeah, yeah. I there's some things that I do with Windu that I won't do with Anakin that I think maybe facilitate that a little bit more um or i maybe i just feel like i get more out of windu um despite him being about the same speed uh windu's just a lot tankier and you can kind of throw him in the center and and just sort of wait it out a little bit anakin you can't really do that and anakin is he's a lot more aggressive than he is tanky. So you have to play Anakin in a sort of a different fashion than you would play Mace. Mace, you can, at least when I play him and, and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not playing him to his full potential, but I kind of just point him in the direction that has the most characters and I just let him go that way. And so far it's been pretty effective and he ties stuff up. And when stuff can't get away very quickly, it, it makes it, seem like he's not quite as slow because they can only dash away maybe and he just dashes right back in uh, he's got a few movement things on his attack trees that we'll get to that i, I think also help compensate um maybe maybe the way that he's played has me feeling like i don't know he, he's potentially a little bit more maneuverable than than anakin one thing that i think is important to note with both of them is that obviously neither of them... So both of them are on the lower end of maneuverability for primary characters. That's true. And they both uh, don't have range attacks. True. And so, Mace doesn't even have a deflect. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I I, I think that that's an do interesting you, uh, discussion or, or thoughts to have with him. Yeah. Um, I, I do like Mace Windu a lot, but... Um, do not like rush to action because it doesn't have a jump. I do. I do like his ability quite a bit. Um, and it, it does. There are times I, I, I think that like, okay, there aren't rounds in, in this game, but the, the, if, if we call your first time through your, uh, your activation deck as a round, mm-hmm. um, I think that there's, some interesting decisions to be made with Windu that I'm not entirely sure yet that I know that there's that I've come upon what I think an optimal strategy is. Um, and, and maybe there isn't one set optimal strategy is since you need to react to things that are going on. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as an example, um, if you draw your shatter point or makes Windu card fairly early, mm-hmm. And if he's not by something to where he can potentially advance an attack, uh, that is potentially a pretty big deal. And so, you know, does, does Mace Windu become a character that you put in reserve or, um, you know, questions like that, I, I think are interesting. So, yeah, I, 
I think that they are interesting, and I, I, I have interacted with the activation deck a little bit more differently than when I play Mace than I would or have uh, prior to playing Mace Windu, because I that just the the shatter point ability that he has that we'll get to it really the timing is mm-hmm. is important and trying to optimize getting as much as you can out of it is is a very it's an interesting little mini game that you have to play and feels like this you're walking a little bit of a tightrope between between the whole thing it, it, it i i yeah, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. Maybe we'll have more of it. Let's later. let's 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 skip real quick to that ability then. So okay, um, his third ability that we want to talk about next is Shatterpoint. When this unit is chosen to activate with a Shatterpoint card, if its active stance is Form Seven Vapod, it immediately makes a focus action. And characters in this unit have impact two until the end of the turn. If its active stance is Jedi Master, refresh two force, and one character in this unit may heal three. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, Patrick, what do you, what, what, excuse me, I'm going <coughs> to sneeze. Which, which side of your character card do you generally start uh, Jedi Master Mace Windu on uh, for his expertise card? Or stance card, whatever. So I, on average, I've been starting him on the Jedi Master side a tiny bit more, but I'm I've honestly been kind of going back and forth depending on my opponent, and I feel like for me that's starting to make more sense. But I don't. It's such a high ceiling trying to figure out and i don't even know if you could ever really fully optimize mace windu with the constraints of the game uh because you just don't know but uh i i think really it's just been if i feel like i'm if i go second i probably am starting him in the pod if i go first i'm probably starting him in jedi master um as maybe what I've been doing more often than not. Um, but even then, whatever kind of just makes sense for the the terrain and the opponent, I know it's not a great answer, but that's what I've been doing. I think another part, uh, at least for me, of this question is what does the rest of your list look like? Yeah, that's true. And so I feel like there's been a fair amount of time when I have played uh jedi master mace windu where i will tend to have um secondary models that tend to be a little bit uh force hungry and so my strategy in general i would say has leaned more towards um i will start on the jedi master side and if i draw windu early then i set him in reserve uh-huh. and then I will, or draw my shatter point early, I guess, is is more apt, I would say. Um, potentially shuffle it back in. Um, but, I don't know, I, I guess I think it does matter some what the, the rest of your squad looks like as well. No, I think that's true. Um, it, it is true. The, yeah, the only thing that I can think of that I do 
with Windu that I I don't really pay as much attention to otherwise is whether or not I'll reserve him or if I will to shuffle the shattered point back in to delay that a little bit longer uh, or I'll reserve a card to hopefully pull the shattered point or window out sooner to get the the most out of the situation the recover ability that he has is 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 pretty pretty awesome so it, yeah if you've got that force hungry secondary or the other primary is it's like anakin um they take a lot of force to use them right so yeah it also it'll it'll be interesting as more um characters come out but Another reason why I have liked Luminara with Windu is she kind of gives you some premonition stuff on things that are going to come up in your deck, which yeah. is something that I think is is has added value with Windu. It it does, yeah. Um, and you are going to have to start spending more force, probably a little bit more often with, with Luminara to get the most out of that too. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I am curious, you, you took Luminara and Windu for a spin. I did. Um, was it just the one time or have you done it more than once? I only did it the one time and, and it was not, <laughs> it was not, not my, uh, I, I think it, it, it takes, it, it might take a couple more times cause I definitely, the placement wasn't always great or sort of like out of sync. Um, where I would move them and just as I move them, then it, it just out of sync, I think sums it up best. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I couldn't get a lot accomplished with, with it, with everything. Um, so I, I think I want to give it a, another try. Um, it takes a, a, a few times for me before I, I really start to see the patterns the play patterns come out for for a list um but it might not be one that uh is easier for me to to play or or take to yeah yeah um all right let's let's keep talking about more jedi master mace windu abilities first is tempered aggression when a character in this unit makes an attack after the attack dice and defense dice have been rolled this unit may spend any number of force to use this ability re-roll one uh, failure result in the attack roll for each force point spent. It's good. Uh, this is one that, as he gets wounded, it will become more expensive. Yeah. Um, have you have you found yourself using this ability very often? Um, I use it on and off again. Lots of times he gets done when I need him to get done, and I don't feel like I need to reroll and. Sometimes I re-roll the failures back into failures, um, but when I need it, and it's more or less useful, uh, I, I like the ability. I I also like not having to use the ability. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's at its best, obviously, when you're attacking a character and you need, you know, say one additional success yeah, to get a yep. to get a wound on them. And then you're like, okay, let's let's go for it. <laughs> and then you roll, yeah. and you fell anyway. But I do roll lots of failures, so he feels kind of he's kind of my cup of tea 
or has been quite quite a, I've enjoyed him just quite a lot. It, if only because I have the parachute of of my poor dice um, uh, statistics that I, I can just sort of count on him to to save the day a little bit. And uh, I, I like I like the ability. Yeah, that's a that's a reason why I kind of like Dooku as well. So he, he was not this is a different ability, but I, I like that they play with the the dice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next ability, uh, kind of an important one. This party's <laughs> over. While this character is engaged, allied Galactic Republic characters within range five have steadfast and protection. It's very good. It is. Actually, I, I meant to have this as a rules question, and uh, maybe I shouldn't be flinging this on you uh, <laughs> as it goes. But so let's say that I have a clone, uh-huh. and they have a hunker token, and they have, uh, let's say, uh, protection, uh-huh. um, and then. Mace Windu is within five. He's engaged. Are they going to have protection two, or is it considered a same name ability and uh, just protection once? So steadfast and protection don't stack. They don't stack grow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not not quite the same as like impact or sharpshooter. Yeah. Yeah. Or cover. Yeah. Okay. Um. So this is obviously an important ability. For Windu, is there uh, anything that you want to discuss with it? Uh, it's very good. It's also, as an opposing player, can be really frustrating uh, if you're forced to engage with it one on like one on one. But if you just leave, <laughs> then it turns off. So like, its strength is is also is has got a pretty strong weakness as well. So the it's going to be a back and forth on when and how Windu is engaged compared to what the opponent can do to pull the opponents out of engagement, which is why I like to put him in the middle of as many models as possible. That way you can't, you can't turn it off quite as easily. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This is one that's important to note that a lot of it's, it's easy to play engagement wrong. Um, and so a lot of people, um, I think, make the mistake, for example, of thinking if you're wounded, oh yeah, yeah, you're you're not engaged, but you you are still engaged. It's true. Um, and so I, I do think there's kind of a, another interesting mini game of uh, Mace Windu is trying to you know, essentially constantly always be engaged, uh-huh. and the opponent is playing an opposing mini game of trying to make sure that Mace Windu is as engaged as uh, little as possible. Yep. Yeah. So. He has, he has some, some characters out there that can potentially give him a little bit of a headache, like Darth Maul, Django Fed or Asajj can just sort of against his will just to disengage him. Mm-hmm. So he likes to, be center stage. So if you can put him in the middle, he'll he'll stay there. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So I think we're going to save for the bonus episode talking about his stance cards. And I guess one one thing we can talk about uh, since this was on 
the cards that we've covered so far. Um, Jedi Master Mace Windu is six squad points. Yep. And what's your what's your thoughts so far on how big of a liability that is for him? It's it's fine. Um, I think my my only frustration, and, and it's just and not it's it's not really his fault or anybody's fault. Or I mean, there's no reason to even throw fault into the conversation. <laughs> but it's uh, the the nature of having a limited pool of models. Pool of models where, yeah, you, you're kind of more or less stuck with. You're going uh, to play pawns. Pawns, yep. That's then, right now. And then you get to pick 501 or the ARF. Mm-hmm. And I think with with Mace, I would rather take the ARF. So you just yeah, you just take his box, which is a fine. It's a very fine, very good box. I like I like everybody in it, and I'm happy with everybody in it. And uh, um, you just go from there. So I'll also say. I do feel like, obviously, there's a decent difference in power level between, say, uh, Rex and Pawns. Yes. I don't really feel like there's a huge power difference between Cody and Pawns. (laughs) Yeah, I think Cody is a character kind of like, for me, um, Third Sister, where you look... I'm looking at their cards, I feel like they do more than in reality they actually do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cody's maybe one of those characters that's like a three and a half and they get, get gets rounded to a four. And he's, so he's just on the lower end of four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fair. But Pons is, Pons is strength just is like, I actually really like Pons and I liked him a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, he's a character that does a lot more than his card would make it you think he does. It doesn't feel like a huge penalty to me to uh-uh. take pawns. No, uh-uh. nope. So, do you feel like? I mean, in general, the assumption obviously is that uh, the the squad points, whether it's six, seven, or eight points, that is a way of providing additional balance for a character, and so the assumption. Is that with six squad points, Jedi Master Mace Windu himself is going to be a little bit stronger than some of the other uh, the primary characters? Do you yeah, feel I, like I do you feel like that's an accurate that's, statement? I I think that's the intention. I'm not certain. I'm not certain how kind of relevant it actually is. Having so having played Cad Bane now a couple of times. Um, or no, just yeah, a couple times, one time. Um, I I don't know that the nine points. I, I, I'm stumbling over my words I here, just trying to. Is, I don't I don't love his five point option. <laughs> yeah, I and I I get you. I have a I have a clear idea. Um, although I, I've I've seen her do not much, and I've seen her do lots, and um, but in terms of the four force points versus six squad points or Cad Bane's nine squad points and two force points. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know how I feel when it comes to using that as a metric for determining whether or not the primary is going to be powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I, 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 you, you can end up just taking like a, 
mace with Rex anyway. You just put Rex in a different squad, and and I don't know what that, <laughs> why that's a thing, but um, I don't know. I, I I haven't gotten very far on on at least internally determining whether or not I think it's it's a great way to, to suss out a character's strength relative to their other compatriots. I I don't know, Jay. Well, let's go ahead and pause there, and we can continue the discussion in the uh, bonus episode. Excellent. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up there. As always, check out DiscountGamesInc.com for your gaming needs, and check out our Patreon to listen to the bonus content and to gain access early to... uh, the content that we we post all right to be continued